with fast funding up to $10,000 available through net credit. Our online application process was designed to get the money you need quickly if approved. You can borrow an amount that meets your needs and repay in a way that works for your financial situation. And we report on-time payments to credit bureaus so you can build credit history as you repay. See what net credit can do for you today. Check your eligibility without affecting your credit score at netcredit.com. All net credit loans and lines of credit are offered by a member of the net credit family of companies or one of our lending partners. Visit netcredit.com slash partners for more information. The Big Bark Listen Up Dog Owners is for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark, with your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. Big decisions require research. So if your teenager is considering a decision as big as joining the military, they're doing their homework. You can too, by visiting todaysmilitary.com. Because their success tomorrow begins with your support today. And we're back on the Big Bark again this week. Welcome back, we had a great episode last week. And we have a great episode in store for you again. We had this great man on a couple of weeks ago there. And we're delighted to be back. It's great being back doing face-to-face interviews rather than all this like Zoom stuff that we've been doing for the last year and a half. But it's great to be back here in Treaty Veterinary Clinic this evening with John Garrahy. John. Welcome. Uh, thanks for having me back on again, Dara. Great and to see you're you. welcoming to the clinic again. That's, that's <laughs> the there we go, look. Very good. So, okay, John, uh, how have things been going since last time we talked? Very well, very well. Um, practice, I think, not just here but nationally, um, companion and practice, we'll say, has been extremely busy nationwide, particularly since COVID kicked in in the spring of 2020. Uh, I suppose one of the unforeseen side effects of COVID and the result of people working from home and people and families who may have been considering getting a pet decided in many cases that because they were now at home and family was at home that this was a very good time to get a pet. And so that led to I think a spike in purchases and ownership and a, a rise in the cost of buying puppies as well and um, probably has it leveled out I understand of late but um, puppies became very expensive in 2020 as a result of the sort of un- unexpected and unprecedented demand that arose um, and to date I have to say personally I've seen um, information from Dogs Trust about they're starting to get a spike in inquiries about returning pets that are no longer wanted. Thankfully here, locally anyway, we have not seen that. Thankfully everyone, these pets all to date seem to be working out well with their owners and with their families. But I suppose it just brings up the whole new thing that getting a new pup, which is lovely, um, because it's very exciting for a family, a very happy time and one of the nicest consults to do from a vet's point of view in a clinic is when you meet a family particularly with children with a new pup and you can see it's almost like Santa Claus Christmas is here there's real happiness and joy and it's great to see that and be part of that and equally I suppose one has to advise these people and hopefully well that these people before they've come to you have given all of this a lot of consideration I know it's a cliche but you know 
a pup is a commitment for life and that life might be 12, 14, 15 years, who knows. So people have to make, sit down and do a lot of thinking before they get their pet. First of all, they have to think of their circumstances and you know where they're living and what type of space they have. So not every not every place is suitable for getting we'll say a large breed dog if you're living in a um with limited garden space or maybe little or none so maybe a smaller breed but the whole type of thing is to consider we'll say for your circumstances what type of dog would suit you what size dog what exercise you know you can range from your yorkshire terrier up to your golden retriever up to your great dane and um, so there's a lot of thinking that people need to do first and say yes we have the time or we can make the time in the morning or in the evening or will there be someone in and out of the house and that this pup won't be abandoned and as i say to date i must say and in general actually i think owners should be complimented from what i see in practice over the years people take brilliant care of their pets in practically all circumstances um, i think by and large people go to great extremes and take great care and are very proud of their pets and really, really look after them in micromanage them so well, they keep them so well. So for people going out, having considered that, that they, yes, they've sat down, they've done their homework and they say, yes, we want to get a new pup. Then I think they've got to look at where they go. And, uh, you know, there's various ways, maybe they may know someone who has a dog and they may be put them in touch with a breeder. Um, so they could go to known known breeders and if uh, most breeds have um, breed societies, so maybe get in contact with the breed societies, maybe get in contact with the kennel club who can give you a list of breeders for the, whatever breed you're interested in, or again to consider various welfare groups. Um, now the welfare groups again kind of a wide variety of dogs they may not all be pups they may be older dogs so people might prefer to get a younger dog that they're going to have a longer life with and um, but all of these are possible places to source a pup or to source a dog and um, the rescue groups again more often than not will do a certain amount of verification and checking of the person if they've had pups before maybe ask their vet for to vouch for them and recommend them so basically anyway people buying it the dog need to figure out what would suit them figure out them where they go we'll say obviously just not going on to any old website that's selling dogs but so go on personal recommendations go on breed societies contact the kennel club and then having found where there may be pups that are suitable it's vital it's absolutely essential that they go and visit the breeder and they see the pups in situ with the mother of the pups and possibly the sire maybe there as well and get a sense of how these pups are being cared for that they're well-minded that they're not having that, that they haven't stumbled into some sort of large commercial puppy breeding enterprise that they're able to examine the pups that they're able to examine the mother and again for most people getting a pup probably the single most important thing is that the pup will have a good temperament and temperament is I suppose by and large hereditary so what's important there for the for the person going getting this pup is to examine the mother in particular if she has a good temperament and when I say a good temperament that you can examine her that you can pat her maybe ex look into her ears open her mouth pick up her feet 
and that none of this is resented. Um, again, um, if all of that is, your, if the breeder allows you to do all of those things, you're quite happy. Again, if you're making a purchase, there are certain things you must, and again, with certain breeds, I should say, actually, um, particularly with pedigree breeds, they may have done things like hip scores or elbow scores. So again, this is relevant to ask of the breeder. Have the parents been hip scored and elbow scored? Depending on the, in this rise in the larger breeds. What do you mean breeds. now done by hip scored? Hip scored, yes. Um, larger breed dogs can develop a condition called dysplasia. Dysplasia is basically an anatomical defect where two bones that are meeting to form a joint, as in their hips or their elbows, do not form a perfect, like a plug into a socket, and that you have a shallowness and um, poor um, contact between the two bones. And if you have poor contact with those two bones in that joint, then you get abnormal and premature wear of cartilage, which can predispose then that those pups uh, or dogs are going to have lameness issues earlier in life as distinct from dogs that don't have it. So hip dysplasia and elbow dysplasia in the larger breeds is an issue and can cause problems and can cause, conf um, you know, it really can compromise the pet's quality of life. So again, with those breeds, there should be scores. If, you, if the scores are good, again, you can anticipate that the progeny w should have good scores. So checking out as much data as you can. And again, before a purchase is made, that all the relevant documentation is available to you. If the pups should have been by legally, law by law, be microchipped so that you get a microchip record and you get vaccination records. And the microchip records, the owner, the breeder signs off on it, a bit like you buying a car and a logbook, the breeder, the owner, the seller of the car signs it and then you register in your name. Time and time again, I see where people buy dogs and this information is not given to them and they say the breeder will forward it to them in time and oftentimes they do but sometimes they don't. So I think important at the time of the transaction that all the information, all the relevant documentation is made available to the purchaser at the time of purchase and before they take away the pup. There's one thing that I hear quite often and it's like when you get a pup, especially if you have younger children, they have to remember the dogs are not Oh yes, the dog is not a toy. No, that's very true. Well, you you kind of have to like, as well as training the dog, you also have to kind of like teach your children how to behave yes. around the dog. Yes, right. So, grand. So, you if you if a new puppy is bought and it's brought into a, a household, yes, there's great, like I said, there's great excitement. Everyone wants to hug him, kiss him, lift him, and there's a certain maybe novelty factor arises. But yes, the pup it needs to find his own place in the family and he must know where he fits in in it, that he's not dominant, he's not in control, but that he's included, so that he's cared for, that we'll say there's a thing about that the five freedoms for a pup or for any pet, um, that he's in a safe environment, on a proper diet, um, he's allowed to behave normally, and that he's kept in good health, and that he has what's called companionship, so that there's people, that there's human interaction for him. So all of those things should be, put in place at the beginning with 
with the children as well so that they know that this is a dog and again of course they've been on the breed sometimes the dog is going to grow large and quicker than they are so the whole thing is that taking taking on this new pet he, they bring him home he has his ideally maybe his own crate initially and he gets his own space and um, that they play with him they take him out of their garden or wherever but equally that you know he's allowed time to sleep pups do sleep quite a bit and uh, they get very lively for a while then they sleep for a while and that there is a routine allowed to develop um, with so that, and that the children become aware of this routine as well for the puppy okay and I, I hear you have something here someone there giving out some side there I, yeah I said there's a puppy down there now giving out about me <laughs> so John like one thing I'd love to chat to you about like we mentioned there like about I suppose on on about the cost of the pups nowadays, like especially since COVID. Mm-hmm. Like, I've seen on like online, I've seen Labrador's advertise at two and a half, three thousand euro. Whereas like you go back 15, 18 months ago, you would have seen them maybe for a purebred lab for maybe six, seven hundred. Yes, yes, yeah. Well, not alone the not alone for the pedigree breeds, but these the various mixed breeds. The prices did zoom up very rapidly. I think they have leveled, if not started to come back a bit. Um, it was literally market forces. The demand outstripped supply, so as a result, the price went up. Uh, not an ideal situation because it might have encouraged then um, a glut of breeding, which could could then lead to more pups being around than there may be owners for. Um, and like that's not a situation that anyone wants to see evolving or then puppies being sold off very cheaply and not being minded or anything like that or not getting good homes but and i suppose that is that is a possible side effect again that no doubt breeders may have reacted to the huge surge in demand to breed more bitches and maybe more often um and that that would be a, just hope just hope we don't see that but as well as that what we also saw and like i remember it was a this time last year, uh, did an episode with Samantha Rawson and Dr. Sean Anderson, who was working on legislation with a TD blown Wexford, particularly in relation to dog thefts. And you literally saw, while you had a pandemic going on last year around Ireland, you also had a dog theft pandemic going on too. You had, you had a dog theft pandemic and the dog's been stolen in material of the rage and it seems maybe being exported and everything. And again, a, a horrible, a horrible side effect of the pandemic that there was such demand not alone obviously in ireland but abroad and that people were prepared to go to such measures um to get their hands on a dog um because you know it was something that you we we couldn't even have dreamt of such an occurrence um a few years ago that this or that anything like this could happen um and thankfully i don't think there were too many but one is too many um for a dog to be sort of taken out of its environment like that, um, it's just uh, uncalled for. And this goes back then to like knowing as well where you're getting your pup from. If they're, if they're stealing dogs to breed them, then like obviously you're going to have layers of hops and you you need to know that you're getting from a reputable breeder. Oh yeah, well that's where I go, what I said, go back to what I said earlier about going to the breeder, visiting their home, and basically using your own intuition to suss out that you're dealing with credible breeders, genuine breeders, um, that are not just breeding bitches exhaustively for, for profit, um, 
with just care you know and there's many many breeders and you know again at me meeting owners who buy pups and um, you know at most of the breeders that they come across are in that category again they're quite happy to let the buyer to come see visit examine and make their purchase um, so there is by and large there is that but of course there are puppy farms and again that's a whole matter then for um, local authorities or whatever to police and try and tackle them and upgrade um, their facilities and I'm just talking about what they're saying or going to see the breeder obviously like you've, you'd hear of people who actually would meet the oh, breeder yeah. on the side of the road yes oh yeah we've had many cases of that over the years people saying you're coming a long way so we'll meet you halfway in a car park and um, anyone who hears that it should set alarm bells ringing straight away when someone offers like that to meet you halfway because we've had situations over the years where people have met people in car parks and then the breeder says oh yeah just give me your address and all the details will be forwarded on to you and um, that's the last to hear of that breeder and that's the they have then got no information whatsoever on their, on their purchase, on their puppy, so they don't know it's breeding, it's exact age, it may or may not have been chipped, vaccinated, or left in the lurch. And actually talk about when people do get that new puppy, I suppose one of the things that we would always advise them quite quickly, within a few days, uh, it may not need vaccination, but to have the pup clinically examined by their vet um, at the outset to you know just check that everything is correct that there's no hernias there's no that the mouth closure is normal good anatomy no hernias anything like that that may arise that get get it noted immediately um, and it's also a very good opportunity for even a vet to assess the temperament because um, again I said at the outset that the single most important thing probably is good temperament in a family situation and again you can determine a lot when you spend um, some time in a consult examining a pup and how he behaves and how he reacts to the vet and to the environment and that he's not fearful or intimidated or anything and um, you know it's lovely when you see a pup that has is quite cooperative about being examined and is quite relaxed you know then that that pup's background that he has been used to these things so that he's not alarmed or frightened by any disexamination um, so that is something that to bear in mind at the outset to get your pup checked out and also to bring along all your paperwork so the vet will be able to say to you yes he's had all his vaccinations because again people looking at these vaccination papers may not be aware of what they are what are the vaccinations for and um you know, it is important that they are correctly vaccinated and at the appropriate age and at booster vaccinated as well as the case may be, depending on the brands and all. So people need to be aware of that, um, you know, because people may look at these vaccination books and may not have not have a lot of knowledge of what they've been vaccinated for. So I want to circle back to like you were mentioning earlier about how important it is have to give a puppy their space and obviously like if you have young children they should give respect to puppy's uh, space as well. In terms of training though, how soon one after you get your puppy should you start training them? I think basically I I think when I say I, I said there's one thing is training and the second thing is routine and I think one of the things is start as you mean to continue. So when you get a puppy sometimes i often hear people saying oh 
I kept a puppy sleeping upstairs with me in the room initially, but I planned that he's going to leave in such and such. My first advice there is start as you mean continue. So if he's home, if he's going to sleep at night in your kitchen or utility or whatever room it may be in the house, start doing so. If you decide that to keep him somewhere else, then he's going to decide this is where he sleeps and it's going to be harder to change and going to cause upheaval. So start as you mean to continue and create routine. Routine, dogs like routine. They can follow routine. They become aware of time. They know then they're going to be fed, they're going to be walked, that their owner's going to come in the door or go out the door. So routine and a pattern is extremely important. Um, and it's also extremely important from their eating point of view and toilet training point of view. So. Uh, so training basically without calling it formal training is actually starting the moment you purchase bring home your pup yeah and like i think as well like you mentioned earlier walking that's a very i suppose that's a very good point as well because for a lot of breeds like obviously when they pop their legs down fully developed oh yeah so obviously their walks should be fairly short oh, fairly short right well the first thing to say if you've bought a puppy if he's fully vaccinated grand you can start taking him out and about if he's not fully vaccinated keep him at home until his vaccinations are complete and have kicked in it's almost like self-isolation it is almost like self it is it is yeah <laughs> wait for the vaccine to kick in um in that time at home maybe get him used to wearing a collar maybe get him used to a lead um so he's walked around the garden and um, get him used to being brushed Again, having his ears cleaned or checked, his nails picked up. Again, one of the traumas for some dogs is having their nails cut. Um, and again, if a puppy is used to having his nails, his feet examined, his nails examined and being picked up and on an ongoing basis, he's far less likely to find that traumatic when he may need them clipped. So handling the pup, socializing the pup within the family, giving it its own space to sleep in, fixed feeding times. So again, the pup knows that I'm going to be fed at such a, such a time and he's ready for it. Um, so the whole thing is to get a, a schedule together within reason for that family. Um, and there can be many different schedules to suit the family and the pup, but the whole thing is to have a certain amount of regularity so the pup feels safe and comfortable, that he's not going to be neglected, that there is someone coming back to mind him and that, yeah, they will be back. Because many people will tell you again that whatever way it is, the dogs have their own clock and are aware. Um, many people will tell you that you know the dog at four o'clock heads for the front door because he knows his owner is coming in or he knows at four o'clock he's going for a walk, so he gets ready. So having that routine is very, very important for the pup. And you mentioned now like um about like when they're waiting for the owner to come home. I actually read uh, on a previous occasion, it's something with like how much of your smell is left in the house. Do they know from that what time of day it is? Yes, they seem to, um, whether through smell or whatever, but yes, dogs have a, a huge um, awareness, obviously, without having a watch, they have a huge awareness of time. Countless people will have told me this with their pets over the years, how, the pet will automatically, if he's used to being fed at six o'clock, come six o'clock, he's waiting at the dish if the food isn't there. He knows. Yeah, so no, they, do that. Yeah, yeah they, they do. do. So there is a huge um, inbuilt mechanism. And again, that clicks into the fact that they like the routine of being fed or being walked or their owner coming in the door or whatever the activity may be. I think one important thing to mention before we wrap up here is like, obviously, 
puppies are very curious animals. Yes. And so it's important that like they don't get into stuff they shouldn't be. You might recall, uh, I think it was like literally only a few days that we had got Bruno when he was a pup and he jumped off. Dad had to bring him into you. He jumped, I don't know, was it you that he saw, but he jumped off the couch mm-hmm. and injured his leg. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like things like that you have oh, yeah. to always keep watching well yeah i think there's a couple of things you have to really look out for first of all even with pets um if you have a garden to make sure that and this might be something overlooked at times that there may be plants in it again pups are curious they're go, they're using their mouth to touch eat bite feel things so if there are plants there that could be toxic uh make sure your pet can't get near them again if you've if he's going to um Hop up again, make sure things like cleaning products, cables and wires are all fair game for them to chew on. Because we remember puppies love chewing. So they don't know the difference between some toys and chewing wires on something. So be very careful that there's no access to that. So that in the early stages, at least, that puppies are being watched um, and are not left sort of in a room um, unsupervised where they might start eating wires or get at some product that would be um, damaging for them or garden things like anything from weed color to whatever and there's lots of things are, and again one of the ones that happens over the years has been um, where dogs inadvertently um, have got at rat killer rat poison and um, so again they need to to be aware that you know that these are dangers that they need to look out for that when they didn't have a pet previously they didn't have to worry about such a thing and it may not cross their mind that um that their pet could think about going into these areas or eating these substances so um just to be aware of those little pitfalls as well that can arise and you know accidents like that and problems that can be avoided to avoid them at all cost so finally john like we mentioned top of the show there about how you around the country we are starting to see that like people no longer want these dogs that they got during lockdown. Not everyone obviously, but there are people who are surrendering their dogs now and they're going back to the office. Do you see this being a problem going forward? I well first of all I hope not. Um I suspect there's bound to be some. I hope it'll be on a very small scale and hopefully there will be other people um, that we'll be able to rehome them. Now, very often when people, um, a family find that for whatever reason, their circumstances may change, it might, and it might not have even anything to do with going back to work. We've had pets look, looking for homes recently where their owners are going into hospitals or nursing homes and won't be able to look after them. But various things arise, so the first thing you'll be saying there is hopefully, maybe sometimes family will be able to find someone else within their family circle or social circle or friends that may be interested if not um the various welfare groups and even local vets again at the moment uh, um we have a number of people um who are looking for pets and they don't want a puppy they want a, a slight an older dog they do not feel they're able for the initial phase of training a pup of socializing it i would prefer um to suit their needs would be better to get a slightly more mature dog at the moment those people are asking me for that and there are people i know who've already had pets and looked after them and they've lost their pets and they want one but they don't want as i say to start out with a puppy we are not able to find many 
which I suppose is a good thing. Now, maybe it'll change, but at the moment, we cannot find um, pup dogs for those people. Um, but maybe, maybe it will change. But as I say, to date, we haven't seen it, but I expect it has to be some um, element of that that will arise in, um, in the weeks or months ahead. So especially like as we come into September soon, like in days talks that like going back to the offices and stuff in September, mm. but at the same time, like for a lot of office jobs especially, remote working has now become like nearly part of the future. Yeah, well, I yeah, I presume if remote working stays, there'll be less issues. Um, I suppose if, if, if you suddenly have a situation where all family members have gone out of the house to work or school come September, you may have dogs who are going to feel very alone and isolated and maybe left on their own for a very long time. Again, maybe p people can compromise and maybe they'll only be working um, in offices certain days or certain hours. And again, there has been a growth in puppies going to um, daycare mix it with other puppies for two or three days a week so again all interaction social interaction for those dogs so that is again something that has evolved and is there um, in parts of the country as well that people can avail of okay so, uh, any fun thoughts well i think again people getting a pup just remember that give consideration to are they ready for it and presuming they are consideration to the type and size their circumstances we mentioned in a previous podcast things like insurance but um, also then to research into diet um, and to make sure to get the puppy checked out initially make sure to again in a family situation to keep their pup a couple of key things vaccinated again from the own puppy's own health point of view we do not want to see puppies getting leptospirosis or parvovirus make sure again from a health point of view within a family that pups um, and dogs in general are regularly warmed and again if you have a dog and you're maybe going into parkland or woodland and countryside and again things like that are treated for parasites under skin like fleas and ticks again um, these are conditions that can cause problems so just to make sure that they have worked out that they can take care of the dog's needs um, socialize him, interact him, look after him, integrate him into their family and care for him. Hi John, uh, John Gary from Tree Benway Clinic in Trongay here in Limerick. John thanks ever so much for joining me on the Big Back and I hope to have him on again. Hopefully maybe we'll look back and look at maybe the start of September. No problem at all, thanks very much Tara. Well, that's all for this evening, we're back next week with a brand new episode again. Uh, no guests decided yet but I'll post that on our socials during the week. Uh, follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, we're on the Big Bad Podcast and all of those. Take care and have a great week. The Big Bark, listen up dog owners. It's for you, all you canine lovers. It's your favorite podcast, The Big Bark. With your host, Dara Burke, and canine co-hosts, Bruno and Millie. The Big Bark. <laughs>